When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for this third hour, KFOR in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. If you want to see our bright and shining faces on the video stream, hello. Uh, We are brought to you by our friends over at the Warhorse Sportsbook. You know, they say Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but I think the Warhorse Festival of Games gives it a run give it gives it a run for its money because you can win either $100,000 as part of the prop card challenge or $20,000 as part of the grand prize drawing. All you got to do is get qualified with entries, go to the Warhorse Casino in Lincoln. You can get entries for every $50 sportsbook ticket that you get between now and February 1st. That is worth an entry, each one of those. Then just make sure you're a Warhorse Rewards member and validate those entries to be qualified for both the $100,000 Prop Card Challenge, where if you go 25 for 25, you get your shot at $100,000. You go 0 for 25, you still get your shot at $20,000 in the grand prize drawing as well. Go to warhorsecasino.com for more information. Again, this is only for the casino in Lincoln. Uh, you got to go visit our friends down at the Warhorse Casino. Make in sure Lincoln. to validate it. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Joining us now on that Warhorse Sportsbook hotline is our friend Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24 7. Schaefer, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Just admiring Andrew's Lindenwood Lions sweatshirt that he's got going on there. Yeah, uh, really nice campus in uh, in Lindenwood. Went to went to the Mega Camp a few years ago. Uh, it was an experience. There's like a million recruits at that thing, <laughs> and just slightly less than a hundred thousand schools and coaches represented. Uh, it's chaos, and they do a really nice job, and they're good people over there. Yep, LU for life, man. Graduate of – you guys are probably going to like grimace, but um, graduate in 2018. Hate it. Hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> might have been the year I was there, too. So. <laughs> I was going to say you guys might have ran yeah, into each other. The first time I saw Mike Schaefer, I'm like, gosh, what yeah. it would be like to have a beard like that. Uh, <laughs> 2018 god um shafe i'm i'm gonna talk to just you and me the old men in the group here for a second oh sweet Um, (laughs) uh i know that a lot of people are interested in christian jones the the highly rated recruit out of west side um 
where right now does Nebraska stand? I think they're they're playing on hosting him later this month. Is that correct? Yeah, I oh. Uh, I have to remember whether he's coming in on the 20th or for some reason he was going to come in on the weekend after there's there's enough. But, yeah, they're, they're basically going to have him in in the month of January. Uh, I don't – for some reason I don't think it's happening on the 20th. I could be wrong on that. But I, I think Nebraska's in a really good spot, and here's why. I think Tony White has done an excellent job uh, explaining to him very, very well how and why he fits in Nebraska's 335, the different ways that he could be used why he sort of represents the uh, positionless football sort of idea that they like on defense, that you can take a guy with his build and you can utilize him in different ways. And Christian Jones is a bit of a unicorn in the sense that he is probably better as a coverage linebacker than he might be as just a going forward wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you would expect to say of a guy who's what, like 6'3", 225, moves like he does, hits like he does. But he plays so well in space that teams are really enamored by that. And what do we know that teams everywhere around the country want? They want linebackers that can be able to move in space and cover these giant tight ends and pick up running backs out of the backfield and not just be massive liabilities uh, on swing passes or on on these sorts of things. So I think because of his unique skill set, the fact that Nebraska is right next door, Tony White has been working on him for a while. Uh, I know when when they were going to – to stop by uh, Westside in December, I think there was a, a day where it was just Tony White, uh, Caleb Benning, and Christian Jones just in the gym shooting hoops, talking about life, talking about football. And both of those guys just came away with such strong impressions of, of Tony White because of it. I, I think there's going to be teams involved. I mean, obviously, you're going to have schools that are really interested, Notre Dame being one of those, like uh, Texas A&M, Tennessee, um, you know, all sorts of different schools from all sorts of different locations. I think this one is going to go for a while, but I feel like Nebraska's got a pretty comfortable lead. It's just going to be a matter of can they ultimately sell him that we can get you where you want to go right here at home and we can get you on the field. We've got a plan for you. And I think he feels like they do already uh, because of that relationship he has with Tony White. Shafe, as if uh, Nebraska fans needed to get more excited about what Dylan Rayola can offer for this team next season. Uh, they see a video of him throwing a 70-yard bomb at the Polynesian Bowl, skills, competition, whatever they actually like to call it uh, there. With, with him likely to start at quarterback, not for certain, but just like trending that way. For certain, assuming health. I think, right. I think we can just do that. All right, my man, my man, I appreciate you. I, I've, I've been on that train for a I don't, month. I don't want to talk around it. Like, I made that decision as soon as it happened, as soon as Kyle McCord wasn't <laughs> going to happen. We just need to just say it. Thank like, you. There's, there's no reason my to man. I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100% there. All right, so my question to you is, is this. How high will Nebraska's, Nebraska fans' expectations be versus how high they should be? Uh, I mean, they're going to be exorbitant. Like, I mean, uh, everything you've ever heard about the guy is that he's been groomed to be in this position since he was, you know, in diapers. And so he's the son of a of a really famous alum whose name, uh, I shouldn't even say alum, famous former player, whose name is on the actual stadium for what he accomplished as a player. <laughs> and so expectations are incredibly high. I mean, he's the, right now the number one quarterback in the country for 24-7 sports. I think there's some competition between him and DJ Lagway for that. We'll see where it, it ultimately lands. If he has a good week at the Polynesian Bowl, that'll wipe that away. But I I think the the expectations are going to be extremely high. I mean, they were really high for Adrian Martinez 
Um, and he did not come in with the this sort of background or this sort of pedigree, though he was well-regarded and he had lit things up in the spring and, and people were really excited about him. I, I anticipate the same for, for Dylan Raiola in videos like we saw yesterday. And yes, people on Twitter, I'm aware that you don't get a 15-yard running start uh, on most of your passes unless it's a Hail Mary. It's more the idea that even if he doesn't need that, he can comfortably throw the ball 55 yards down the field and find a Jalen Lloyd or find a uh, Jamal Banks or an Isaiah Nair or what have you. I think it's more that. But, yes, thank you for letting me know that he will not get a 15-yard head start on all of his <laughs> And he may not have six seconds to do that in a college pocket. But, yes, we, we are aware. That that was not necessarily the intent of that video. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, he has a special arm. Andrew Ivins, our, our director of scouting at 24-7, talked about it. He thinks that uh, Rayola has maybe one of the best deep balls he's seen from a high school kid. And so we, we've talked repeatedly how Nebraska was unable to attack down the field last year. Teams just brought safeties up. They sat on their running game. They took away the quarterback running game. And they couldn't attack downfield despite having weapons like Jalen Lloyd that allow you to stretch the field. So I look at this. Nebraska receivers have to see a highlight that and just know anywhere on the field is attackable. You know, you if you can find space deep and you've got your guy burnt and, and Dylan Raiola can find you, there's a chance for a big play every time that happens. And that makes – I mean, that has to make defensive coordinators skin crawl. I mean, if he's doing this at 18 years old or 19 years old, what is he going to be in two years? I mean, that's the, that's the thing about the conversation. Like, I'm I'm already sort of looking past the, what happens in the, the initial – it's more so with the pedigree and the expectations. If he develops in the way that he can, quite frankly, we've never seen quarterback play like that around Nebraska. And that's the part that has me excited. We're talking with Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Um, Schaefer, you, uh, you mentioned the ability to stretch the field in a way that we really didn't see last year. Um, out of the guys th- that are in the room already, do you think Nebraska, based on the transfer portal and the guys we saw last year and maybe some guys we didn't see last year like Demetrius Bell, do you think they're in a good enough place in the wide receiver room to improve the passing game even with improved quarterback play? Yeah, I, I think they have intriguing options. I mean, obviously we have to see how these guys develop. we got to see what year two looks like for Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman and Jaden Doss. And we want to see what it looks like with Isaiah Nair. Can he have that burst that allowed him to be a deep play threat for Wyoming that allowed, you know, for, for the coaches at Texas to go nuts during the camp before he got hurt in 2022 for a guy that was going to start on a team that played in the college football playoff this year. So I I think that there's a lot of reason for optimism there. We know Jamal Banks can be a big play guy as well. Uh, I think it's just a matter of they need this spring, hammer out the consistency, hammer out the, the chemistry, start to sort of learn a little bit more about each other, see what sort of steps guys can kind of take. But, yeah, I think the talent's there. And then they're going to have an influx of uh, freshman wide receivers as well. Um, Davon Hall is going to be on campus here for the spring. Ja'Cory Barney is going to be on campus for the spring. So they're going to have some options. But yeah, I, I fully expect the way that, that what I think Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule want to do, uh, work off of a play-action pass, I think that's going to be there. And with that sort of arm and that kind of threat with the speed on the outside, I I continue to say this. I mean, there's a reason that Jalen Lloyd's stat always makes me laugh with Marvin Harrison because 
if there's only two players in the Big Ten that had three catches over, what, 55 yards? Mm-hmm. Um, and one was a freshman and the other is going to be a top five pick. <laughs> and one had like eight catches and the other. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reason to be excited about what Jalen Lloyd could be as a big play threat for 2023, 2024. I don't even know what year we're in. Yeah, it's all right. You know, this, this weather just drives us all crazy. It, it, it's okay. Uh, now, where it is very nice is down in Hawaii. So I'm going to revisit uh, the Polynesian Bowl here. But talk about coaches on the road because rules down in Hawaii right now, killing two birds with one stone perhaps, checking out his already committed guys plus chatting it up with some others not currently linked up to the school, I'd guess. Outside of an event like that, though, what area do you expect this coaching staff to hit the recruiting trail hard this offseason? Yeah, I mean, they're already, um, they're already again, going back into Miami. Uh, Cortez Mills is a wide receiver, a top 247 wide receiver, expected to be out for the junior day on, uh, he told me he's getting in on Friday and, uh, when temperatures will be below zero by the time he arrives. But, um, you know, so they're, they're going to hit Miami again hard. Their connections they have there with Phillip Simpson – the sort of Pied Piper effect of Dwight Boodle and Willis McGahee and Ja'Cory Barney. I think they're going to get some of their teammates, some of their friends to come up and check out Nebraska. I think Nebraska is going to have a little bit of a foothold in South Beach. Fully expect Texas again. Um, they're going to have you know players coming up from Texas this weekend as well. Uh, and then one area that we probably haven't talked a lot about, but I think is going to be really interesting. And they got a guy in Jaden Woods that's coming up. They've had guys like Andrew Babaloa. Uh, and others, there's connections to Brock Heath, whose uh, brother was Blake Lawrence, who played at Nebraska in the, the early 2000s uh, or mid-2000s, I guess, if you will, is, is Kansas City. I mean, there's, there's definitely talent in the Kansas City area, and that is a spot. I mean, I know that you guys haven't been doing this show long, but I promise you, I have been wringing my hands about Nebraska's inability to go into <laughs> Kansas City since 2014. And a lot of it is to get productive players out of there. I mean, you think about the Davis Twins, they were really good players. You think about, you know, Bo Wilson started for Nebraska. They they have talent in the Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri region, and everyone gets really fired up about St. Louis. And, and apologies, Andrew, outside of you, Nebraska's track record of recruiting from, <laughs> uh, you know, the St. Louis area and having them stick around for a minute is very difficult. And so I, I would love to see them have success in that Kansas City, Kansas region. Um, that is an area where I think Nebraska can make some hay. And there's some really good talent in this 2024 class. So if you were asking me, you know, what's a spot that you'd like to see them really improve upon, it's right there. And getting Keelan Smith, I think, was a nice start. I mean, he's going to be a player. He's someone I didn't mention among the wide receivers and early enrollees. I mean, that's a guy, and he's a legacy, that we somehow always forget Neil Smith played at Nebraska <laughs> despite his outstanding <laughs> career. Um that's a guy, too, that, that could help early on. He was such a good player uh, for, for Liberty this year. I, I would love to see Nebraska back in that area with full force. Uh, Shafe, the St. Louis native and Nebraska great Chris Brooks would like a word, sir. Um, <laughs> hey, they've, got a, uh, they, they've got Corey Sims coming in. He's a four-star wide receiver. He is the son of Corey Sims, the former Nebraska basketball player. Ravi, I don't know if you remember him. I do. Or not. I do. All, but he was a uh, defensive stopper on the, uh, the Barry Collier teams uh, in that time, which, you know, more than – more than Andrew graduating in 2018, Corey Sims having a, uh, a son that I am covering the recruitment of 
makes me feel unbelievably old on top of everything else. Oh, yeah. With, I'm happy I come at lesser value. Without a yeah. doubt. Um, <laughs> That's where you've always been, in, my friend. Uh, Shame. I'm just, on the clearance rack. It's cool. <laughs> just just throw a flamethrower over here today, Shay. Yeah, that's where I shop. Um, <laughs> uh, Shafe, is there, you know, as we kind of, I think we've basically closed the book on 2024. Is that fair? I mean, you don't expect them to add much other outside of like maybe a backup quarterback in the spring. Maybe like we're pretty much done in terms of, of player additions in 2024, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say the door is completely closed because I, I, there's always a chance that there's someone, you know, you find a, a certain position or someone flashes, uh, that people aren't recruiting, and then or guys like I, maybe transferring from Bama yes, or Washington exactly. or okay. And and honestly, the example I was going to give is you know they they did this through the summer last year, and they ended up with James Williams as a as a guy who walked on and then was pretty good for them at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I I sort of think of it in the sense that while the most notable of it is done, they're always going to be kind of turning the rocks over and looking for ways that they can improve their roster. And ways that they can, you know, add talent and develop guys. And so, again, I, I think that for the most part, it's done and the foundation is set. But they're certainly always going to keep an eye out if there's something intriguing out there. Shave, I wanted to ask you because I do think they probably need to bring in a quarterback for some depth purposes. Um, but because of their unique situation, where we all agree Dylan Rail is the day one starter, you, it's going to be kind of tricky to convince someone to come here for that backup role. How do you see that playing out? Do they just end up going with Harburg as kind of the primary backup and then you've got the walk-ons as depth behind there? Or do you do you think maybe they go the JUCO route? Like what are their options at that backup quarterback spot? Yeah, I mean, their, their options right now are to, uh, to keep conversations going. I don't think anyone's looking at them as a spot where they can go and start. But you mentioned junior college. I, I think that's maybe a route that they could go um, you know, like this isn't going to get anyone fired up, but, uh, when I, I mentioned Adrian Martinez earlier, he had a junior college backup in, uh, Andrew Bunch. And so Andrew Bunch was the type of player that if you can find as a walk-on, um, who comes from junior college has starting experience, at least has an idea of what it's like to play at a collegiate level, even if it's a lower one, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's better than nothing. Like, I, I think, I feel like they are more comfortable in that building with Heinrich Harburg as the idea of, of, of Dylan Raiola's backup or competing with Dylan Raiola than seemingly anyone else is. And I I think they're fine with it. Like, I, I don't think it's ideal. They would have loved Chubba Purdy to maybe stay so you have more depth in that regard. And then you could use Harburg in special packages or different ways. But I think they're more okay with it than we are on the outside. And then I think they're also going to keep their options open, but I don't think they're looking to use a scholarship to just bring someone in to be the third string quarterback. So hmm. if they can find someone as a walk-on or a graduate transfer, who's just looking to kind of ride things out, or maybe somebody wants to get going with a coaching career, but has a year of eligibility left. Uh, Marcus Satterfield did that with a kid named Zeb Nolan, uh, who was at North Dakota state. And then he ended up at, at South Carolina. Um, there's always options. And I, I think they'll, Again, as, as I've said before, they'll, they'll turn the rocks over. They'll keep the ideas turning. And, and I wouldn't surprise me if they add someone. It would just surprise me if it's substantial in any measure. Shave, speaking of Harburg, do you think concepts will be drawn up for him to use him similarly to how the Saints use Taysom Hill? Or um, is it just going to be the Dylan Rayola show through and through? And if 
Heinrich, Heinrich's needed, you know, um, say, say, you know, worst case scenario, he's needed or he'll, he moves back to, say, the tight end position. Yeah, I I personally have a vision in my head where that's a guy that you could use around the goal line. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this before. Uh, Tyrone Swoops for Texas, they had what they call the 18-wheeler package. Mm-hmm. You would you would bring him in around the goal line, and one, it prevents your freshman quarterback from taking unnecessary hits. Uh, two, but obviously Dylan is not small. Like that's the other thing; he's his own little wrecking ball. I, I say little; he's six foot three, you know, two hundred thirty pounds. So it's not he's not small either. But I, I like the idea of maximizing the athleticism of, of Heinrich Harburg in different ways, different sub packages. You know, and then the other thing is if teams start to clue in on that and they think it's always gonna be a run and you do it from the middle of the field and then he drops back into that option pass, the belly option, I mean, that's gonna be there too. So I, I think there's ways to be creative with him. Um, but you don't want it to come at the expense of the learning opportunities for, for Dylan Riola. So they have to they have to figure out how to marry those things together. You don't want it to feel awkward when he comes out of the field. You don't want things to go poorly. Uh, so I, I think they have to be smart about it. But I, I certainly think they are open to the idea that Heinrich Harburg isn't just the backup quarterback in the same way that Andrew Bunch would have been or Riker Fife or, um, you know, Ron Kellogg or whoever, you mm-hmm. know. It it's a different type of scenario, and you can use it differently. And I think they're open to that. Shafe, we mentioned the spots they've added at wide receiver. Obviously, we've talked about quarterback. They got a big addition in the running back room on the offensive line. They got an addition in the the defensive secondary and in the linebacker room as well. Is there a position on this team that you thought needed addressed that didn't get addressed or is there a position that you're kind of looking at as still maybe a little bit iffy on after most of the 2024 additions have come in I mean obviously you'd always want more at wide receiver or running back because it's still so unsettled there Mm -hmm. but ideally with what they brought in at this point I'm just excited for them to get to the spring so we can see what some of these guys are uh, and you can see what they brought in I mean I, I really feel like they kind of nailed what they set out to do in the transfer portal. They gave themselves two wide receiver options. They have a multi-year running back with huge upside. They sort of were gifted an offensive lineman um, <laughs> that's going to be able to just step in and, and uh, provide starting experience from the power five to over 21 starts. And, and in my, my pea sized brain seems like he steps into one of those guard spots right away. Uh, sort of how Ben Scott did last year, and it, it helped stabilize the the interior of your offensive line. And then the guy that no one ever talks about is Bly Hill, and I'm really excited about him mm-hmm. because it, he was someone they purposely went out and got in a transfer portal run that has a million defensive backs. They chose a kid from St. Francis, Pennsylvania, who was a freshman that is relatively not new to football but still sort of learning but has one of those freak body types that if it works out, we're talking about Stanley John Baptiste 2.0. Mm-hmm. And while his NFL career did not go how anyone wanted, he was great at taking receivers away in 2013, 2014. I think that would be the time period. And I mean, I just think he is, uh, you know, if, if Bly Hill can be that kind of guy. And I thought Tommy Hill came on strong at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you have two pretty good safeties, Drop in the guy that everyone forgets about in Deshaun Singleton. I think that secondary could be pretty good right off the bat. And then the Stephon Thompson 
Richardson addition just feels like a cherry on top. I mean, it was a position where you needed help, and it's a guy that can absolutely play for you there in the middle. That's all we've got for you today, Shafe. Um, we appreciate your time as always. Really good stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I hope for better things for you in your professional football fandom next year um, as we, you know, at least the NFC North. I mean, I, I know I, I, you're probably rooting for the Packers to. Uh, yeah, to see how it feels here, to but. be of lesser value, Shafe? <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is that you know, right now. Here's the thing. And real quickly, I I looked at Jared Goff and Baker Mayfielder in the second round of the playoffs. I, I feel like anything seems possible. <laughs> there you go. Next year could be your year. That's our guy Mike Schaefer from Husker 24-7. Uh, coming up next, we've got some Hurt at Hot Seat here Ooh, on Hurt at Sports right. Radio.